Hey, what's up everybody? My name is DJ Martin. I'm the church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to our midweek teaching series. We took off several uh, weeks during Lent, actually seven weeks, we did like a little mini series, an offshoot of our spiritual formation series uh, to look at individuals' specific spiritual disciplines through the seven Wednesdays of uh, the season of Lent. But with uh, Lent being over, we're back to our spiritual formation series that we've been doing this year, Reflections on Spiritual Formation. Today, we're asking the question, can I change? Have you ever felt stuck? Surely you've had the experience like me where you've just looked at your life honestly and said, I don't like who I am or I don't like what I'm saying or I don't like who I'm becoming. I think all of us have had the experience of just being stuck. Like we can't change, we can't break the bad habits, we can't start the good habits that we want to start. Probably all of us have had the experience of, of making New Year's resolutions and then breaking them within a few short weeks. I think the Bible has a lot to say about change, a lot to say about transformation. We're going to look at some of the biblical imagery and uh, biblical descriptions of change, and hopefully we'll be left in a place of hope rather than despair uh, by the end of this brief teaching. Before we go any further, let's pray together and invite the Lord to be the one who changes us and forms us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are a broken people. We are a people who are so um, in need of constant revision and uh, correction, and discipline, and teaching, and formation, and the moment we seem, or we feel like we have our stuff together, is often the moment we're in the most dangerous place of totally messing it up, of totally making the wrong decision. How many times have we had a mountaintop experience where we've had victory in some way, only to find ourselves flat on our face once again? How many times have we thought, I'm going to break that bad habit. I'm not going to eat like that anymore. I'm not going to look at those things anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to speak to my kids like this anymore. Only to find ourselves once again doing it and hating ourselves and hating ourselves so much for being back in that bad, broken, destructive pattern once again. And so we come to you, the source of hope, and we say, Lord, can we change? Through you, through your work in our life, can we be a people who grow and who change? We pray with hope, we knowing that this is possible because of Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And so today, let this be a day of change, a day of transformation, a day of renewal and growth for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have certainly had the experience of wishing I could be a different person or wishing I could certainly change a bad habit and just feeling totally stuck. In their book, How People Change, Timothy Lane and, and Paul Tripp, they say nothing is more obvious than the need for change. Nothing is less obvious than what needs to change and how that change happens. You know, like self-help, uh, the self-help industry is a cottage industry, whether, whether the books uh, written about it or Netflix specials or whatever. There's an endless amount of people who are saying, here are seven steps to changing your life or seven steps to transforming the way that you think or eat or exercise or relate or uh, your marriage or, or on and on and on. And they identify this in, the, in their book, How People Change. They identify the fact that it's so obvious that we, we, all counter, or we all intuitively know that we need to change. And yet nothing is less obvious than how to go about 
having that change happen and take root in our lives. The, the biblical writers, they understood this struggle uh, deeply and profoundly. And one of the great gifts of the scriptures is that they don't try to, to cover over the blemishes of the, the people of scripture. I mean, almost every single person in scripture that we know details about, we know their flaws and we know their brokenness. That's a great gift to us because the scripture writers could have, you know, idolized David in such a way that they never told the Bathsheba story or, or idolized Abraham in such a way that they never told um, the story about Ishmael or about him lying to Pharaoh about his wife, Sarah. And on and on it goes. The Apostle Paul describes this own struggle in his own life, the, the desire to change and yet the inability to make that happen in his own strength. He says in the famous passage of Romans 7, starting in verse 21, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there within me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Who among us, if we're being honest, hasn't felt this exact same thing? I do the things that I don't want to do, and the things that I do want to do, I don't do, and I feel like a prisoner to my own sin. I feel like a prisoner to my own flesh and brokenness. But that's not where Paul ends. Because as you know, after the number seven comes the number eight. And in Romans chapter eight, one of the most beautiful, triumphant, victorious passages in all of the scripture that talks about the resurrected power that we have in Jesus Christ and the transformative power of the work of Christ within us. Paul coming out of this, this lament that he can't through the law, through his own strength, change the way that he lives or the things that he does. He says in verse one of Romans chapter eight, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, Paul is saying, through Jesus Christ, not only do we not have condemnation, God is not condemning us to damnation. He's inviting us into life, out of, out of trying to live in our own strength, into the power of Jesus Christ, the resurrected power of Christ, who did not live according to his flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then he invites us to live, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, the scriptures have a broad range of vocabulary when it comes to change. Uh, there's lots of different words that the scriptures utilize to describe how change happens in a person's life. And I just want to survey briefly a few of those words and invite you to meditate on them, to chew on them, to wrestle with them today, and actually to be encouraged and strengthened by them, knowing that God wants to do these very works in your life and in my life. So some of the words that the scriptures use, and I'm sure you're familiar with them, but let's look at them anyways because they're so good and powerful. Transformation. This comes from the Greek word uh, metamorph, uh, like, like, uh, like a butterfly morphs or caterpillar, caterpillar morphs into a butterfly. This is what transformation is. God wants to um, empower transformation in our lives, and the scriptures speak about 
transformation. The scriptures also speak about renewal. When something totally new is imparted, like in Ezekiel when it says, I want to take your heart of stone and I want to replace it with a heart of flesh. That's a little bit different than transformation because transformation is taking something existent and making it something new. The caterpillar becomes the butterfly. Renewal can be a total switch out. And so it's, I'm taking out the heart of stone and putting in the heart of flesh. Paul says, be transformed through the renewal of your mind. And so God is transforming us as we learn to think the thoughts of Christ. But our hearts are completely wicked and completely fallen. And so God takes our heart of stone and replaces it through Christ with a heart of flesh. The scriptures use the, uh, the words like conform or confirmation, which means growing deeper into maturity in the image of Jesus. In Ephesians Paul says that his prayer for the church and for the believers is that we would grow up into the fullness of the maturity of Jesus Christ. And this has to do with us being conformed through um, and into his image. Repentance. And there's several different forms of repentance that the scriptures talk about. One of them is the famous definition of repentance, changed directions. And so when the scriptures invite us to change, they often say, repent, change the way you're living. Just walk in the other direction. Go and sin no more, as Jesus says to the woman caught in adultery. Another way that repentance is is thought of is to think differently. And so when Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that word repentance there in the Greek, it means think differently. Have new thoughts. It's not only go in a new direction, but actually change the way that you think about this. And finally, the scriptures also speak about sanctification. And the word sanctification, or to be sanctified, is to make holy. God alone is holy, and yet he's doing a sanctifying work in our lives to make us holy as well. This list of words is non-exhaustive. The scriptures have other things to say about change and transformation as well, but these are words that I wanted to invite you to think about today. Transformation, renewal, confirmation, repentance, and sanctification. All of these things are are things that the Spirit of God is seeking to do in our lives. So I want to invite you to wrestle with these questions when you think about change in your life. Do you believe that you can change, grow, and experiencing ongoing transformation in your life? Or have you grown grown cynical and lost hope in God's ability to bring about lasting change in your life or in the world? If you don't believe that God can change you, grow you, transform you, then then it's almost certain that it won't happen. And so if you've grown cynical, I want to invite you to a place of just confessing that to the Lord and receiving renewed hope that God can do a transformative work in your life. And finally, how might the Holy Spirit be leading you towards lasting change in this season of your life? God wants to do a renewal of his work in your life today. And so invite him to do that. I hope this was an encouragement today. I hope when you ask the question, can I change, that you know yes through the power of God within you, working it out in community through his word and spirit dwelling within you. Yes, that he desires change and will empower it in your life. I pray that you're encouraged. Thanks so much for joining us today. Go with God. Be blessed.